Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. Problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. We are here. Another episode of the NBA Draft DAC NBA Draft Show. Today, I think it might get a little tumultuous. I, I don't. I don't know. It, it's. I think that there are some spicy takes potentially being uh said on the episode today considering how big a fan i think overall consensus is on our guy scotty barnes who we're we're tackling today before we get started i am here as always with my co-host albert how we doing today my dude dude i'm good i'm good it's uh yeah man i i'm excited to get into this one too i think you're right i think um you know, it's weird. Like these these draft darlings come in waves, right? I was like on Twitter this week and out of nowhere, like I maybe it's not out of nowhere, but I saw like 12 different tweets about Josh Primo. And I was like, okay, so he's the <laughs> <laughs> he's the hot topic right now. Awesome. That's cool. And like we get these waves. You remember like a couple months back, like everyone was talking about Trey Mann and everyone yep. was talking about Evan Mobley. So it's cool, man. I, I think you know the fun part is where we are right now, Corey, is I think we're now like Everyone who's into this stuff, everyone like us that loves to draft, people are finding their guys and they're putting in a lot of time into the guys that they're into. And so this is really fun. And I think this is where we find like the uh, diamonds in the rough. And when it comes to Scotty Barnes, I don't really think he's a diamond in the rough. I think he's just someone that a lot of people like. So I'm interested to hear what you think and I'm excited to share what I think. But uh, this should be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get... uh right into the scouting report on our guy scotty barnes uh florida state guard forward question mark we'll get into that later uh 19.8 years old on draft day um so almost 20 still young let's let's not go crazy here let's chill out on the on the age uh Mm -hmm. six foot nine 227 with a seven two wingspan that's like prototype you built this guy in a lab for the modern NBA, right? That's what every NBA team is looking for in, in their prospects. Uh, 10.3 points per game, 4.1 assists to two and a half turnovers, four rebounds, one and a half steals, a half a block, shooting splits, 50, 28, 62. So uh, not the best, depending on what position <laughs> nice. you think that Scotty is. <laughs> um he had one 20 point game where he basically didn't miss. He was like eight for 10. I think he hit three threes, three for three, hit all his free throws. Uh, so a major outlier game, 13 games under 10 points. Uh, believe he's, he's the ACC six man of the year. Uh, you know, classic Florida state bring in this kind of archetype off the bench preseason rankings. Okay. So, Bleacher Report had Scotty at six coming in. ESPN had Scotty at eight. 
SB Nation had Scotty at 10. Wow. Currently, SB Nation has Scotty at 8, moved him up two spots. ESPN currently has him at 10, moved him down two spots. And The Swing, Bleacher Report, has him currently at 14. So he went from 6 to 14 on Bleacher Report. Otherwise, pretty much the same area. But I think the the drop from 6 to 14 is a pretty substantial uh, yeah. drop when, when you come in that, you know, that hyped up. So stock price set at about 10.6. Um, so Albert, I ask you, is Scotty Barnes stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? Hey, NBA draft Twitter. What do you guys want to hear me say? Hmm? You want me to say, huh? Too low, huh? He's a, he's the darling of the draft. I don't know. I think 10, 10 sounds good. I, you know, before I can even really get into how I feel about the stock price, I'm really hyped to hear what you think about him, Corey, just because, um, it's funny, man. Like all these prospects, the more you watch them, like, I don't know, maybe is this a weird thing with like NBA draft heads where like, we just love these kids so much. Like we just love these college prospects so much that like, we push ourselves to find stuff in them to like them more. But like, I watched a ton of Scotty Barnes this week and I'm like, am I in love with this kid? Like, is it just NBA draft Twitter that's manipulating me? But Okay, to answer your question, so, 10.6 so, sounds about okay. Okay, all right. That t- I kind of I agree with you and and to answer your question of yeah. like are we talking ourselves in, into these kids a little bit too much? Are we falling in love with them? I think it stems from like the ball is life generation. You know, I, I don't know when the switch happened, but let's say like 10 years ago, you we're watching a college prospect like early, probably draft express days, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that's probably like the earliest you were really grinding on YouTube, yeah. really capable of it. Um, or you were just watching the games and like, that's what you knew about the player. Whereas like now, like, you know, about these kids when they're like freshmen. Right. Right. So like you have, multiple years to kind of form a a fandom, a bond and a perception Mm. about what a certain player can be. So I think sometimes due to that, there's a almost like disconnect about what a player's true skill set is as they jump levels and Mm. what we want them to be. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's what we're doing here with Scotty, but I do think there are prospects in the draft that have really suffered from that. And, and, you know, personally, like Zaire Williams is the epitome of that for me. Uh, and, and we'll do like an episode dedicated to him, but there's so many people who talk about all of these things that they think that he's capable of because he kind of sort of showed it off at other levels, but in my opinion, like not totally. So there's this weird, I think, a belief in specific skill sets that he has that I just never really truly saw. But when you break them down into little highlight clips and little three-minute mixtapes, yeah. slam, ball is life, all of that, you're like, oh, yeah, this kid got some shake. He got some creation ability. Yeah. And I think that we're just in that generation now where the earlier we get to know these guys, the harder it is for – us to kind of shake the perception of what they can 
you know, possibly be Cam Reddish is another example of that. Right. You know, Cam was a, a like baby T-Mac, you know, mm-hmm. growing up and then gets to Duke. And then we try to be like, well, he's not used to playing off ball. He's playing with Zion RJ and, you know, he's got, he's the one who's sacrificing. And then like he gets to the NBA and like, it's kind of the same player, you know, he was in college. Right. So like, mm-hmm. maybe it's just who they are. But anyway, uh, Let's get into the scouting report on Scotty. Very high energy guy, right? Like crazy motor. A lot of visceral screaming is going to be in in order for this kid throughout the years. Like he's got that like Joe Kim Noah, like infectious, like Mm. just, I think if he was guarding me, I, you're, you're, you might not say it out loud, but in your head, you're just like, fuck this guy. Mm -hmm. right like he's clapping in your face when he's down in the stands and you miss a shot like he's the guy that you love to have on your team but you're probably going to hate to play against uh or or as a fan you're gonna you know love to root against you would love uh to root for him um he is a smooth ground athlete he's very smooth but he's not like twitchy and he doesn't really have bounce um you know like but he's very smooth, you know, like Mm -hmm. he moves pretty well laterally, but he doesn't move quick laterally, you know, um, which I think manifests itself in some certain areas, but very smooth. He just looks smooth. You know, there's, there's nothing where you're like, Oh, that was a weird kind of awkward thing. He tried, uh, offensively. We'll, we'll hit the, the defense a little later because I think that's one of his calling cards. Right. So well, let's start offensively. And, his calling card offensively. Like it's the vision, the vision sick. He, I mean, for a guy, his size, he is a very, very good passer. Um, team player, you know, he's not going to really let the ball stick. Like I said, he's not super flashy. He's not going to cross you. He's, you know, he's got a so, so handle. So he's going to move the ball around. He's, he's just, you know, team guy. You're not going to be, upset if you're you know playing next to him off of him offensively uh and the thing is he lacks shot creation right his handle is okay it's good for a guy his size adequate but he's not hitting you with multiple combos Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't have that space creation ability and you can kind of you know he doesn't have a jumper (laughs) so you know, you can you can kind of deal with his ball handling. So he kind of needs like a screen to get downhill. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. he's gonna, especially at college, he's a big boy, like big body, strong, um, you know, long, good length. So like he could he gets a smaller guard on him. He's a big guard, you know, like mm-hmm. that that's what everybody called him, big guard. He can just kind of manhandle his way, pushing right. through you, but he's not doing the crafty little things to get around you. Um, and in this regard, and I think where he really showed a lot of his passing off, like he is a perfect college zone passer. Oh, yes. You know, you know like, and, and the NBA has, there's been more zone being played uh, in recent years. So, you know, this could be a, a, a good thing to get him on the floor. Uh, early on but you know he's six nine you know with like crazy length and really really great vision Um, and and when you don't have to break down the defense yourself and the zone there's just so many openings in it he knows exactly where to hit guys he can see 
all of the guys cutting and moving and, and where they are. And when, you know, you're passing the ball around and shifting the defense, he's the perfect guy to, you know, make that skip pass, that swing pass, that, that little pocket, like he's perfect for that uh, in that role. And, and for college teams, you know, so many of them play zone. Uh, he was, he was excellent at that. Um, but like I said, like if you're relying on him to be that like one-on-one creator, things get a little more dicey. Um, yeah. Bad shooter, limited range, right? Bad free throw shooter, bad jump shooter, um, just a bad shooter. With that said, <laughs> I don't entirely hate the yes. form. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's pretty clean up top, um, right. and he's got good touch. Like his misses are soft. It's just his footwork is a little like stiff, uh, mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys who like isn't confident enough in his shooting ability yet. You know, he's just like he you could see him going through the steps sometimes in his mind, like sometimes he'll catch it and let it fly. But there are other times where you can you could see the progressions in his mind. Um, So I think in the long term, I actually don't think he's going to be like a terrible shooter. Like, I think he'll be he'll be able to space. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be an off the bounce guy. And I don't think he really, really needs to to be effective, Mm -hmm. but. Uh, he is going to have to at least be somewhat of a threat um, to knock down shots. And and I think he will. I have confidence. Like I said, to me, percentages and, you know, free throw percentage, three point percentage, they're not great, but sometimes you got to watch. And the eye test to me says there's a chance you get him with the right team. He works hard. I, I believe, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, develop that. Uh, I love him in transition. I think that's where he really shines, uh, both as a passer and a finisher. He was a great finisher, finished 69% at the rim. Nice. Um, and, you know, he does a really good job using that strength length to, you know, finish, you know, through guys and, and around guys. He's he's not going to necessarily jump through you, put you on a poster, although he's done it. Um, but it's not like it's not like jaw-dropping athleticism but he just makes mm-hmm. use of his his strong body and his length um and and his like i said he's got pretty good touch you know it's soft it's soft even on his misses which sometimes you know he makes like a post move you're like ah, oh, it was weird mm-hmm. but it's kind of like back to the shooting thing like he doesn't know if he wants to make the move necessarily mm-hmm. i think he really he feels much more comfortable passing the ball rather than than shooting the ball um right so I feel like that covers it offensively. What what else do you have for for him offensively? <sighs> um, I, I like pretty much everything you said. Um, I, I think something that stuck out to me was a lot of his misses at the rim were short, and I think it was mm-hmm. because of the lack of pop. Um, you could see how like sometimes he'd be going through guys and he would like lose a little bit of momentum and and like just not have that supreme athleticism to really explode to the rim. So there was a couple of weird shots that ended up a little short, but then at the same time, like when he's really rolling and like really going downhill, there were some times where he reminded me, okay, like, I don't know if you're a big Marvel guy, but you remember, have you seen black? Okay. Black Panther movie, right? When, um, when T'Challa gets his second suit, it's one of those suits where he can absorb energy and then shoot the energy out. There are some times when Scotty Barnes is coming down, hill and he'll take contact and it almost feels like his body is like jumping off the contact and he's going even higher so <laughs> i really like those moments and that those moments really excited me um going back to the passing i think you know, for sure like 
what you talked about with the zone passing, that was so spot on from what I saw too. He just he just knows how to find the pockets against the zone and did a really, really good job of finding guys. Um, but I did want to say, uh, I wanted to give some credit to his teammates. Like, I feel like Gotti does a great job of finding his teammates, but also like his FSU teammates were pretty damn good at moving off ball. And I think he just found, he just did a really good, really good job of finding them. Um, so I did want to say that because like, you know, we've, t- we've sh- like shitted on a lot of these teams and so they were yeah. really, really whack. But FSU, man, they, they ran some good stuff. And like, I think they did a lot to enable Scotty's strengths. Yeah. And so I did want to give them a shout on that. Um, I hear you on the jump shot stuff. Like for me, I, I, I really resonate with the fact that like, it's not broken. Um, watching him shoot, like there, there were some plays, like they were running the break and he's like trailing and they throw it to him and he just shot it like full yeah. confidence, just shot it. And it went in and I was like, Oh, that's that I was not expecting that, you know, because like, you know, I, admittedly so like I was pretty low on Scotty Barnes before I took the time to really study him. And after watching him this week, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like, am I all the way back in now? Um, and so that, <laughs> so that was nice to watch. Um, you know, just watching him, it made me think like, yeah, man, like, I wonder if we put his career next to Franz Wagner for the next 10, 15 years, what's that going to look like? And I keep comparing guys to Franz Wagner, which like put me in this space where I started thinking like, do we just have a ton of like really good secondary and tertiary tertiary options in this year's draft? Like, are we just going to end up with a ton of guys that are like really, really high end second, third options. And like, maybe that'll be the, the, the best part of this draft where like our first five, six guys in the draft are like maybe alphas. And then we get like five to 10 really really good secondary tertiary guys for like playoff and title contenders i don't know but you know that's what i was thinking while watching scotty barnes and i'm like dude like his grab and go ability off both makes and misses i was like this is awesome this is freaking awesome even off of off of makes he's like clapping one in the ball and he's ready to push and i was like freaking dope I, i love that stuff and um just going back to what you said about his energy his energy is the type of energy that you can feel I, I like what you talked about. It's like the energy that's transferable. I felt it with like his intensity on the court. I felt it with his passing. Like he really moves the ball with energy. And then also like defensively, dude, his closeouts. Holy crap. Like watching him close out on guys. I'm like, dude, like I loved his feet. He's like pounding his feet, moving his feet. And he's like really trying to intimidate guys when he's closing out. And I was like, this is this is dope. I think. As you mentioned, his calling card is going to be defense, and I think he may end up being the best damn defender in this draft. And he, it's 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 scary. And like I agree with you, his he is like a ground athlete, moves really really well, really really fluid, but he's not like twitchy at all. Like I really no. agree with that. I, I didn't see any of that. But then, uh, and so like you know, even his finishes offensively, you know, like some of his dunks reminded me of Giannis. Where like yeah. Giannis was really using his length to dunk on guys and not really like putting his head at the rim to dunk on guys. And I think Scotty did a lot of that too. And for our listeners out there, please don't take my comment out of context and think that I'm comparing Scotty Barnes to Giannis. You know, it's just <laughs> you know what? let me save you. Maybe yeah. maybe more like Rui Hachimura. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you like because it's like he, similar. Yeah. Yeah, he's dunking on guys, but it's not because he's jumping over them. It's just his arms are like freakishly long and he's like just getting it over them to dunk on them. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, man, I think overall just I ended up leaving like after watching him this week, leaving more impressed than I thought I would. 
And so I'm, I'm a little bit higher on him now than I was to start. But um, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. I, and I do think like just overall, he's going to find a, a place to make it work. And I think like you can almost put him on any roster and he'll figure something out. But it really is his energy and um, his work ethic because I think even his shooting, I think it'll come because you could tell this kid works hard. And I was like reading an article on The Athletic about him from like two years ago, I think a year ago or something. And just hearing his story and like hearing his background and coming, you know, from, you know, a pretty tough home and mm-hmm. a, a pretty tough upbringing to read about how hard he worked to get to where he is today. And I don't know if Scotty Barnes is ever going to listen to our pod, but hey, man, respect to you for the work ethic, respect to you for making it, uh, you know, to where you are today. Because reading that, I was like, oh, man, like I, I would want to bet on a kid that works as hard as he has. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. You love to bet on those kids, right? And I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I was pretty familiar with his game because, you know, you speak about secondary, tertiary kind of guy. Like, you know, he was playing with Cade Cunningham. So, right. like, you know, he's and, and and it's a little weird that when, when you look at Scotty Barnes, because he basically played point guard for Florida mm-hmm. State this year. You know, he was bringing the ball up the court. And, you know, you, you look at him, you're like, wow, it's weird, you know, because that's what Cade was doing, you know, like, like when they were playing together. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I saw him, you know, you, you watch like the U19s and like, again, that team's absolutely loaded. Like Cade, Suggs, Mobley, Halliburton, uh, Reggie Perry, Jalen Green. Right. Um, and, and I'm forgetting people, even Kyra Lewis, like just an absolutely loaded team. Uh and you know, watching those games, and sometimes it's just hard to fit in for when you have so much talent there. And I was never like super impressed; like there was nothing stand out in those games. But it's a yeah. weird situation for him to stand out. So it, it's not like a concern of mine. But I was pretty familiar. But you know, in this particular situation, he had the ball in his hands more. So it was like interesting to see how he would handle that and. You know, he he did a, a good job with it. Um, mm. You know, before, you know, we kind of break down the defense a little bit more, like one of the things that is so fun, like him coming coming uh, off the bench, it's so weird. Like, I almost feel like he was played in like hockey shifts. Mm. You know, like he came in at like the 17 minute mark and would play like four and a half minutes and pop out for a couple of minutes and then come back in. So it was like, these weird hockey shifts that are like not normal substitution patterns for most players. Like most players are coming in at like the 12 minute mark, you know, and, and he's coming off the bench. He's almost like a, he's not really like a bench player too much. It's like he was late to the game. Right. You know, and he's coming in (laughs) and he's a couple of minutes. He just hit the car, you know, he hit some traffic. Mm. That's kind of like his, so that was weird, but, um, but I like it because it's, it's funky to kind of game plan against, but, Uh, Because you have to like, it it feels like you have to game plan against six starters. But uh, defensively, all right. So I love the fact that he picks up full court, you Mm -hmm. know, which is a classic Florida State, you know, thing. Like we saw Vassell do it and and Scotty does it. But like you look at Scotty Barnes, you're like, this kid's not going to be able to stick with fast point guards. But like he's up the court with them. And it almost looks like he's smothering them. Like he's mm-hmm. just swallowing them whole because he's so big and so long. Great and, hands. Oh, his hands are ridiculous. Mm. Crazy. Dude. Like Crazy. so quick. Like cuz 
you know, you look at like his steal percentage and like his steal numbers, they're they're good. And you're like, oh, maybe is he the kind of guy that's just like getting in the passing lanes, right? But he's really not. He's picking pockets for for a lot of his steals. So and and that's kind of like what you love about guys who have active hands. Like he's doing a lot of this, just keeping his hands active, like like without fouling necessarily, just being long, using his his strengths to his advantage. And you know, a lot of players with these measurables don't have that same ability to kind of pick guys' pockets like this without getting themselves into foul trouble all the time. Uh, so it's, you, you love it. You love to see that. Um, like, yeah, he just, co- he covers so much ground. He, he gets hit a hand up on shots because he can give you space, but he's still up in your shit. Even when he gives mm. you a little bit of space and he's pushing you to one direction. And I don't know. He, he just, he feels like he's covering an entire zone of the court. It feels like mm. he's, he's splitting a third of the court by himself sometimes when he's guarding just because he's in his stance and he has the instincts when he's on the ground and he's guarding you he doesn't bite on like pump fakes and hesitations like he could switch his stance he can shift he does all the the little things i think sometimes because of like the energy when he's off mm. ball and the ball swings and he's got to close out i think sometimes mm-hmm. he gets a little jumpy but you meant and mm. you, you know you kind of mentioned like how he's coming at you and like mm. with all that and sometimes it manifests and he's just like overshoots it um but i think it's definitely something just based on everything else about him that i don't think is going to be a hard to clean up and at at the very least you love that he's making those effort closeouts Mm -hmm. um that are very difficult to even get to so you know that is a positive out of something that you're like yeah clean it up right um off ball you know and and i don't know if he was being coach to do this or, or what but like i feel like sometimes he got a little face guardy mm. you know it, it, and like when you're one pass away you're in deny like a lot of times like you know teams play that way but even when he was more than one pass away sometimes i felt like he just was like hey he was being told like to face guard this guy and and don't mm-hmm. worry about the rest of the play and i i don't necessarily think he was but that's how he guarded sometimes and because of that um I don't know. I, I think sometimes he wasn't in exactly the best position in help because mm-hmm. he just he couldn't see the play. He was too focused yeah. on his man. And the other thing is, too, sometimes like when you're doing that, you're, you know, kind of leaving yourself open to get backdoor cut. Um, now, at the college level, like all the time, he was able to recover and get back in the play and use his length and his active hands to stay in the passing lanes. Um, so it didn't like bite him in the ass all that much at college, but like at the NBA level, you know, that's a Zach Levine, Giannis, Ben Simmons dunk (laughs) instead of like a, you know, whatever division one college guard, you know, he's checking. Um, but again, it's not like, an absolutely deal breaker it's it's the intensity i just i think he needs to flatten out a little bit more uh especially at the next level and um now one of the things that does concern me and i guess it it's all perspective on what position you believe that this kid is hmm. if he has a position um you know is he this new era positionless basketball player that or multi-position guy he doesn't rebound yeah 
you know, yeah. for somebody his size with his length, he just doesn't re- four rebounds a game. Now you're like, all right, well, he was coming off the bench, played 25 minutes a game, right? Um, well, he was a poor rebounder in high school too. Hmm. Under seven in high school. Um, and they're just time. Like he's just not aggressive going after rebounds. Like there are times he's a by the hoop and he's just like waiting for it to fall into his lap. And I really wish that he was aggressive in jumping and going mm. to get it because you mentioned like when he has the opportunity to grab and go, that's when he's like, yeah, doing his you know Mozart thing. You know, it's just like pure bliss when he does that, and that's when he really thrives. And the fact that he doesn't go out and get more rebounds i don't love um Mm -hmm. and the other thing is like and and this kind of fits into he doesn't block a lot of shots so you go all right well he's spending so much time guarding out on the perimeter right how many guards are blocking a ton of shots so i say i agree that's a good counter my counter to that counter is that florida state switches like everything so he's mm-hmm. getting plenty of opportunity down low and, and you know, he's in help position quite often. Last year, you had Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams both average a block a game. And it was due to their just great instincts and ability to just go go erase shots. Um, and if you go back again to the minutes, 25 minutes a game thing, well, if you push that to his per 40 numbers, he's still at 0.7 per 40, which is like, bad if you're like hey this is and we'll get to a little later this is the the new age Draymond like can he play small ball five like that worries me a little bit right Mm -hmm. we have to talk about the good and the bad on this show and I just don't think he has the instincts as a rebounder or as a shot blocker so um and again it's a little underwhelming given his frame but you know what do you got does that concern you at all I think the the first thing is the rebounding. I think the rebounding is the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and that that's what that's why when you asked me about his stock being at ten, I think that's why I I felt kind of comfortable at ten because mm-hmm. I think it's the rebounding for me. And once again, like I don't know, maybe rebounding isn't like the ultimate worst thing. I'm not sure, but it just you're right that it's weird. He puts so much effort into guarding guys and being energetic, but I think you're right. There is a little bit lacking when he's going for rebounds, which, because as you mentioned, when he's in transition, he's a freaking animal. Like it's unreal. Some of the stuff that he does in transition, like I was watching the UNC game and there was that, that one highlight that I know a lot of people posted too, but he was just coming downhill in transition, jumped off the wrong foot and just wrecked it off the backboard and it went in and i was just like mm-hmm. what is that that's so freaking powerful and beautiful and graceful i'm like this is disgusting and so uh, you're right I, it does leave you a little lacking like why don't you go rip some more boards um i think the shot blocking thing i don't know it's cory I, I think i think some guys get blocks by using their athleticism and size some guys are just like natural born blockers if that makes sense like i feel like Dwayne wade was always like those instincts to block shots special freaking special from d wade and then like if you see a guy that i okay there's a guy that i'm freaking fall in love with right now and and it's not like crazy 
because a lot of people love him too. Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. I'm watching this guy. Mm. I'm like, well, what are you? What 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 are you? How how do you live on this planet? What what is this? You know, like he has those instincts. On my Knicks, I watched Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel just the timing, the instincts, magical, magical yeah. stuff, right? Probo I think sticks. exactly. I, and I, and I just think with Scotty Barnes, he just doesn't have those same instincts. I think, and we mentioned he also doesn't have that the the verticality like the kid doesn't jump high um no. and, but also Corey, i did want to put this in there i was wondering um there's a little chubbiness to him like i was watching yeah. him play i was watching him play <laughs> i'm like may, what if he loses like five ten pounds you know like if he convert like maybe he was hitting the dining hall a little bit hard but uh maybe <laughs> maybe on the next level like he goes to chris paul route he goes vegan and you know like he starts I'm sure the florida state know, spread is probably pretty good right Right. Like he looked a little chubby to me sometimes. And it made me wonder, like, you know, maybe if he's eating better and he's like bulking up more and his body changes a little bit, maybe that'll help his verticality. I don't know. Um, I, this is all like, you know, this is all hypothetical stuff. But um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. There are some, another thing, you know, I was reading some scouting reports and people saying like he can float a little bit on defense. And I think that's fair. You know, like I think the energy is insane, but also like, Think of it like on a human level, Corey, like sometimes we'll get like super high and super locked in. And sometimes we're going to fall off a little bit. And he's, as you mentioned, 19 years old. And I think that's where where scouts are seeing that stuff, right? Sometimes he can lose his man off ball. Sometimes he can not have that same intensity like every second he's on the court. But um, for me, it still like doesn't outweigh the good stuff that I watched. You know, and um, but at, at the same time, I do have to agree with you. the rebounding. He needs to be better. He absolutely needs to be better. And that's only going to help him because that's just going to feed into the stuff that he's freaking awesome at. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. All right. So, I, I mean, I, I think this is the perfect time to introduce our, our new segment on the show. And it's called Sell Me This Pen. Mm. So we just spent, you know, a good chunk of, of time talking about the positives and some of the negatives for Scotty, but we watched the film Yeah, for somebody who hasn't watched the film. Sell me on Scotty Barnes. <sighs> me what first, would you say? Me. Okay. What would you say? Yeah. Um, for me, it's if you, okay. Every team needs a guy like Scotty Barnes. I really do believe that. Like I, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing that I walked away with. The intensity is there. The passing is special, and we're talking about a guy who, in transition, does some stuff that doesn't make sense. Like truly, and I'm not just talking about the finishing. You you highlighted the passing stuff. I think he does a really great job. Just it, he's awesome. He's awesome. I love the way he moves. Um, I think the th- biggest thing that I would sell somebody on when it comes to Scotty Barnes is um, I don't think he'll ever get to the level of Cade in terms of like shooting and scoring and playmaking and all that stuff. Like, like Scott, sorry, shot creation. I don't think he'll ever be Cade Cunningham. But if you consider, I really do think he's going to improve as a shooter. And I think defensively, he's only going to get better. Like, I can't see any type of regression. Like, Corey, you mentioned how we fall in love with these kids and then we hope for the best when they get to the next level. I think defensively, he's only going to get better. So if you're a GM and you're looking at Scotty Barnes, you're looking at a guy who's going to be a really good defender. He's going to be a really, really good passer. He's going to be dynamic in transition. And it's going to be your job 
to develop him as a shooter. And if you can do that, we're talking about an absolutely elite level secondary tertiary guy. And that's how I would sell Scotty Barnes. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can get down with that. Yeah. I'm ready. Here's my, <laughs> here's my, here's my, my social security and my credit card information. <laughs> All right. So if you have bought stock in Scotty Barnes, who may you have bought stock in previously? Cause he's kind of incredibly unique. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, Corey, everywhere on Twitter, everyone is dying to compare him to Draymond. It's like, right. I don't know if I see that. Like I, I really tried. I really tried to like, and ultimately where I landed was it felt like putting a square peg into a round hole. Like I couldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And it feels like a Twitter narrative because yeah. for me, Scotty, like he's way different from Draymond because, okay, at this point, we know what Draymond is as a defender. Elite class defender. He's proven himself at the highest level. And people may not like this when I say this, but when I look at Scotty Barnes and I look his, at his potential, I'm not saying that he will be, but I am saying that there is a ceiling where he might end up being even better than Draymond defensively. There's a world. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Please don't <laughs> kill me for this, our listeners. But I think there's a world where he might end up, he could potentially be better than Draymond defensively. Um, but offensively, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it looks different to me. I, I can't see that. I, I, I tried to force myself, but I couldn't do it. And so ultimately, Corey, where I'm going to land is he kind of feels like a one of one, um, which is another reason why to be excited about it. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Draymond takes spicy. I said at the top of the, the show we were going to have some spice for, <laughs> for the listeners and the Draymond takes spicy. I don't know if I can get there with you, but I will say. I think he's a different kind of defender from Draymond. You know, he's much more like out on the perimeter first where Draymond, Mm -hmm. what makes him so special is he's a Swiss army knife who can guard all five spots. I mean, nowadays you're probably not going to want him to check some of these guards, but in spurts and, and obviously in his prime, you know, he was, he was able to do that, but what made him special is he was also able to, you know, keep his, hold his own in the post. And then, um, so you couldn't mismatch him there with a big necessarily. And he was able to protect the rim as well. And again, like the Scotty's, that's not who, who he is at this point. He, he hasn't shown that. Um, and I, I think, you know, it kind of brings me bef- getting into comparisons. Like what position is Scotty Barnes? Because, and one of the reasons if I was like, yo, don't buy this stock we talk about like multi position and how valuable that is when you can fit in so many spots. Like there is, if you're looking at the downside, like tell me what could go wrong. What if he doesn't have a position Yeah, and isn't multi position? What if he's, he's positionless mm. now? Like we, he played point guard at Florida state. He wasn't playing point guard at Mount Verde with, with mm-hmm. Kate. So somebody mentioned to me like, yo, is do you see any Iggy, Andre Iguodala in Scotty Barnes? And I thought about it a little bit and I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, right. Iggy's a good passer, playmaker, obviously like all time great perimeter defender, great on the break. But Iggy was 
dumb explosive. People forget. That's what it Dude. is. It's the young cats that forget. That's Dude, what it is. Philly Andre Iguodala <laughs> had dumb bounce. Mm. Like I'm talking and like power bounce. Like he was strong and twitchy. Just like a, a, a different level of freak athlete. And he also had actual shot creation ability. Like yeah. Iggy was when they moved on from AI. Yeah. Iggy was the number one option mm-hmm. and he like, obviously he struggled as a shooter yes. and that's where you kind of connect a little bit with Scotty as well, but he was able to get the shots off cleanly. Like, I don't think that Scotty has the handle to be able to get the type of shots off that Andre Iguodala was getting off. And when he was a young kid. Yeah. Okay. So that's not exactly clean either. And then it's like, all right, maybe Aaron Gordon, who another bouncy twitchy athlete, but the Denver version you look at and you're like kind of doing the little things, being a guy who is making the smart play, moving the ball, keeping it moving, guarding whoever needs to be the biggest guard, not necessarily a floor spacer, but it's taking enough that you're going to guard and respect it out there. Going to thrive in transition. Um, Just not like a super strong rebounder either, but he's like a good cutter. And the one thing that I wish Scotty did better, well, not the one thing, because obviously that would be, you know, shooting the ball. But (laughs) when he doesn't have the ball, I wish that he was a little more active moving off the ball and and being opportunistic off cuts. Mm -hmm. I I didn't see enough of that for a guy who I think is going to need that in his game at the next level, because I don't think a team is going to be confident enough to give him the rock and just say go from the from the jump. And I think right. that's going to kind of help out. And like you look at Isaac Okoro, like Okoro doesn't have that jumper. He really struggled this year. And yeah, he had some moments and stuff. But like one of the things he's always able to fall back on is like, all right, you might be ignoring me in the corner on the weak side. And that's cool. But I'm sliding behind you and I'm cutting to the hoop and I'm going to throw it down. Mm-hmm. So like you might not be aware of me, but you will be once I do that. Right. And. I don't think Scotty has that right now. So, okay. These aren't exactly clean. And then I'm like, Lonzo ball. And it's super weird because Lonzo's a point guard, but we just saw Scotty play point guard. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at NBA Zoe, who's turned himself into a, a, a legitimate catch and shoot threat, Hell yeah. Hell but it yeah. took a while. Mm-hmm. It took a while. He really struggled. One of the things that has really held Lonzo back from, you know, the superstardom that a lot of people had bestowed upon him was he can't really get into the paint. He doesn't have that creative shifty handle to be able to consistently get downhill. And then when he gets there, he's kind of afraid of shooting free throws. So he's not really aggressive and attacking. So he's more of a connector than an Mm -hmm. initiator. Yeah. Which I don't, there's been a lot of, Lonzo ball talk with the Bulls and the Knicks. Um, and I like Lonzo, mm-hmm. but he's not nest. He's like, he, he brings certain things that the Bulls need, but what the Bulls really need is a guy who can get into the paint consistently besides Zach Levine, get paint mm-hmm. touches, create, and also some point of attack defense. Lonzo offers the point of attack defense, not so much the, the paint touches, but he's a connector. He's three and D plus. And 
Scotty has some three and D plus potential if he can work on his shot. Cause I don't think, you know, right now, like the, it, I, I think he could struggle initially just because it's as much as he can kind of connect and, and do little things. Like he doesn't have like this super elite skill on the offensive side of the ball outside of his passing. But if he's not bringing the ball up the floor and creating uh, or, or, you know, getting out and transition a ton, in the half court, there you're kind of like, what is he? Especially if he's not moving off the ball. But he could be a connector where the ball swings and he's, you know, he knows where the next pass needs to go. And and it's kind of Lonzo-esque. Lonzo, another guy. The the defense, you know, he's a great defender. Um, so the Lonzo ball, it, it's not clean. None of these comps are. Like you said, he's kind of one-on-one. He's very unique. He's this, I'm not calling him a unicorn because one, <laughs> I think that that, term has become mm-hmm. totally bastardized you just and throw it overused. around yeah. um you know the, the whole point of it is that unicorns are rare you can't have a ton of once you have a bunch of unicorns they're not unicorns anymore mm-hmm. so i don't want to use that term um especially because we we talk about it as, as in terms of special players and i don't think scotty has special superstar level player in him because of the the things that we talked about and he can improve upon those weaknesses, but I don't think he can get to the elite level. Like you said, he's not going to be Cade. Mm-hmm. Like even Cade had those questions coming into the college season, which he just absolutely bulldozed yeah. through and <laughs> became this like Jason Tatum type score. So I, you know, I don't know, but I think that those are kind of guys. That if he just pulls certain aspects of their games, you know, he could, you, you see how like he could pull certain aspects of out of all of those guys games. And if you do that, like Scotty could be really valuable. Right. And, you know, I, we've talked about his vision and, and yeah. I want to, I want to like, where does he rank mm. amongst the passers in this draft? Because <sighs> I'm going to throw some spice out. Yeah. I think he could be the best passer in this draft. This I think he has the best weird. He has the best, I think he's got like the combination of vision and Mm -hmm. touch. Mm -hmm. I I think he could, you can make an argument over Cade. You can make the argument over Sharif, over Giddy. (laughs) The problem is, is that he can't get to some of the passes that those guys can get to because Mm -hmm. he doesn't have that same handle, but he can like, when he gets off some of those passes, you're like, yo, Mm. that was fucking sick. So he, I I think he might have the best vision in the in the draft. Wow. I just don't know if he's got the skill set to utilize it, which sucks. Well, <laughs> Corey, I I do want to say like that's if you we're you're right. We have some hot takes cuz damn, for you to put him over those guys is really a really high praise. And at the same time, I'm not going to fight you on it because he is that good of a freaking passer. And um and I do want to say like the names that you mentioned Draymond, Iggy, Gordon, Lonzo Ball, these are all guys who've made a ton of money in our league, right? Like in the NBA. Like Lonzo Ball's about to get a fat contract. Aaron Gordon's made his money. Iggy's made a ton of money, right? And so like I think what you're describing is exactly kind of where we're landing in that this guy, I don't think either of us see him as ever being a superstar, right? I don't ever see him being an alpha or a number one option, but he's a guy who's going to make a ton of money in the league. He's a guy yeah. who's going to he's going to find plenty of contracts because of the high end abilities that he has. 
as you you just said that he might potentially be the best passer in this draft that actually means something in this draft class because we're talking about potentially guys who might be like really freaking elite passers we're talking about Cade, Sharif, Giddy, Suggs, Knicks not even to mention Evan Mobley freaking yeah. great passer for his size there's great so passer. many really really good passers right and you're saying that he might be the best one out of all of them that means something you know and so I think ultimately where we're landing is like this fool might be might have a 15-year career of just being an excellent passer and an excellent defender and that's you should take that guy in the top 10 or at least in the lottery, you know? And I think yeah, it, it's insane. And so I, I'm with you, dude. I, I don't ever see him being a number one option. I don't, I don't see, I can't put him on the level of Cade because of what Cade can do with the ball in his hands and the shooting that Cade has. And oh my God, I'm just falling in love with Cade again. But um, yeah, man, I, I hear you on the passing. I don't know if I would put him at number one. Like I love his passing, yeah, but like, I don't know, just like comparing him and then like looking at Giddy last week, I'm like, dear God, Giddy's such a good passer too. And then Cade just does stuff that's just like, yeah, F you, you, know, yeah like, you know, the thing with Cade and, yeah. and I would give it to him, but like Cade's being covered completely differently than a guy like Scotty Barnes. Like True. Cade's getting blitzed every True. time he comes off the screen, right? And nobody yeah. is really blitzing Scotty to get the ball out of his hands because you're like, we yeah. want the ball out on the perimeter in his hands. He's not going to hurt us out here. So mm-hmm. like, there's obviously like the little nuances like that, where what I'm saying is kind of hyperbole, mm. but like, like I said, like, I think he has every bit, the passing chops of Cade and Sharif and Giddy. It's just that I don't think he has the, the skills right. to utilize it nearly as often as those guys do, because he has point guard vision. I, like, I don't mm-hmm. think that, is even up for debate and he has the accuracy and the touch and the quick instincts to know where to put it. He just doesn't have that ability to like, I'm going to break the defense down. Boom, boom, boom. Defense is collapsing. And now I can kick the ball out to whoever he just doesn't have that breakdown ability. And that's why, you know, those guys, what they do with their passing is a little bit more valuable than what he does with his passing. But then in transition, though, he's right. wow, he's with them. Like, right, y- you and I, we gushed over Sharif in transition. Scotty's got all that, all yeah. of that in transition. He's freaking, I, I think he's just as good in transition. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, who's get, who would get the most out of this kid, right? So, you know, I look, I've seen him like as high as people have him at like five, you know, like we talked about like the big major players, but a lot of people have him as like a top five guy. Um, we have him more in that, like you said, we think it's fair. Like that 10 range is, is pretty fair. I still like even watching and, and buying into him more after watching really intently again, even like, I still don't know if I'm willing to put him ahead of some of the guys in that range, even still I'm, I, but what team would be like, no, this guy fits us. He fits us. That's a tough one. But okay, here's the biggest thing that I learned from studying him this week. I have him squarely head and shoulders above Jalen Johnson and Keon Johnson. Um, and that that it's like it's almost like I I, I won't even discuss it right now because like <laughs> <laughs> we we did Keon Johnson a couple weeks ago. Like I yeah. I like Scotty Barnes a lot more than I like Keon. 
And I like Scotty Barnes levels above Jalen Johnson. Like that's just where I'm at right now. And you know how much I hate Jalen Johnson. I can't wait so. for the Jalen Johnson episode. Oh, I can't wait. Jesus. I'm I, I'm gonna really need you to like you need to s- actually sell me a pen when it comes to Jalen Johnson. Like I I'm so freaking out on Jalen Johnson, but okay. Um Tankathon has him going six to Golden State. I think that's really freaking interesting. And if you want to talk about the perfect apprentice for Draymond, go ahead. You know, everyone wants to compare them. Give him to Draymond and let Draymond go to work on the kid, and he'll just lock up the lead. I like him at number nine to Sacramento. I think that one's interesting. Um, I wonder what they do with Marvin Bagley. Like, I know they're going to figure that out. I don't know what that looks like. But you you have a team with Halliburton, um, Fox, Buddy, and Scotty Barnes. That's a lot of fun. That's, that's a whole lot of fun right there. Um, I think, man, Orlando, I don't know. Orlando... That's interesting. He seems like a guy Orlando might like, but if I, don't I was in, if I was an Orlando Magic fan yeah. and we drafted Scotty Barnes, yeah. I would be fucking Heart- furious. <laughs> another one, another one, like, right? Athletic like, guy can't shoot. <laughs> it's I would be fucking furious. I'd be like, we just did this like how many times in a row? Can we just can we pivot a little or at least trade away some of the other guys for better pieces? <laughs> I have a fun one though, Corey. How about this yeah. one? Tell me how you feel. Um, San Antonio, you know, you put Scotty Barnes I mean, on that yeah, team. Sure. You know, that's, wow, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, actually, San Antonio, that one hits. I like that one because DeJounte Murray is kind of like, he's not like your prototypical point guard, you know, and so they might be able to just uh, empower look, Scotty Barnes. And, you know, the future defensive lineup that San Antonio could put out with Kelton DeJounte Johnson. Murray, Derek White. Keldon Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Devin Vassell. Oh no! Oh no! Crazy, switchable. You're not scoring. Yeah. Crazy, switchable clamps. Offensively, it's gonna get weird. <laughs> it's gonna get really weird. Although I've really liked the development of Keldon Johnson this year. He's a guy that yeah, I was... loved coming out of Kentucky, and I'm happy that he's developing. Also, yeah. Lonnie Walker. They got Lonnie Walker too. Um, but yeah, San Antonio is interesting to me. I even wonder Charlotte. You know, like, you know, I, I know they have PJ Washington and stuff like that, but who knows, right? Like, that no, could be interesting. Look, the passing of Lamelo and, and Scotty, like, it could be fun. I, yeah, it's 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 really hard because none of the, I feel like none of the teams in the lottery are going to know what to do with them. Mm, good point. I just don't love it. Like, mm. I did like Sacramento's interesting because I think him and Halliburton um as, as those IQ. secondary and tertiary creators playing off of darren fox you got buddy to kind of space the floor as of right now harrison barnes can space the floor and they could do a lot of weird stuff like i i kind of like him in in sacramento um other uh, some of these other spots i'm like i don't know like but like if there was any if there was any way for miami to get into the draft and get him like I would I just I feel like culturally um I feel like that would be great but I don't I don't know and I don't I feel like some of these teams are gonna fuck him up and that's <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm just thinking of Riley and Spolstra just having like <laughs> going into like shock you know like just freaking like spazzing out thinking about what they'll do with Scotty Barnes oh my goodness <laughs> he culture he culture Jimmy <laughs> yeah I don't know I just it He's so he's an enigma with with I, I just, the confidence level I have, but I, I do like Sacramento. I think Sacramento out of all of these teams, like OKC would be fun too, but it feels a little too uh, high to me right now. Yeah. Um, 
unless there's a little drop for them in with some poor lottery luck. Uh, but you know, maybe he could stabilize the Poku experience a, a little bit. <laughs> have we have we talked about Poku yet? I don't even think we have, dude. I what, a, what a life that. Guy. <laughs> I gotta say, the the you know, I when I watched Poku last year. I was like, this kid does some really, really interesting, fun, ridiculous stuff. But he's playing against like men's league players and Plumbers. he just can't get to the rim. Like he just can't get to the rim. Like, he won't do it. He refuses to get to the rim. And I was like, and because of that, I think I'm out. Mm. Like he because now he's just a skinny seven yeah. foot guard. Um, but again, like, you know, he's he's a, a whole bag of tricks. Talk about um, passing, though, huh? The passing sick. It was. It always was to me. That was the single most impressive thing about him. The some of the the, the touch, the feel, all of that. Uh, the rest of the stuff, like the shooting, I feel like has always been overrated. He's mm. like he's always his shot. His form is a little weird. He can get hot. He's streaky. I don't think he's ever going to be like lights out. But whatever. Poku, the man, <laughs> the single greatest NBA photo maybe of all time. The Poku presser. With the big glasses, the pattern shirt, just the oh. background. I don't know if it was a Zoom background or if this was in person. The single greatest NBA photo of all time, which says something. Because King of the nerds. King of the nerds. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe that guy is a professional NBA player. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that is going to do it for uh, for the Scotty Barnes episode, unless you have some final thoughts. Um, yeah, my only final thought is imagine him on Toronto. That's kind of interesting too. Yeah. Like coming off the bench, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like Nick Nurse will do some creative stuff and like yeah. empowering him to, you know, really accentuate his strengths. And then of course, like adding the defense to what they have, I think is interesting too. But yeah, just, yeah. But overall, um, really impressed by him. Like I, I definitely have to say, like, I was kind of a hater before I really put in the time to take a look at him. I'm walking away way more impressed, way more excited about his future. I, I really do believe like he's going to get in better shape. I'm, I'm like, I wasn't like trying to be funny when I said it, like he, there is a little chubbiness to him that I think he's going to work out and he's going to look a lot better physically too. I'm um, just like eye test wise. I think he's going to look more fit when he gets to the next level. And I think that's going to help his game. And so I'm definitely walking away a lot higher on his potential than I was like two weeks ago. All right. So you're buying. I think so. I'm buying more than I was a week ago. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going all in on Scotty. I'm, I'm, Mm. uh, you know, he's to me, he's, he's, you know, uh, let me just throw a little bit in just because I don't want to miss out on the action. Mm. I don't want to miss out on this, on this, but I'm not trying to retire off of it either. I'm not Mm. trying to bet the house. All right. That's, uh, that's it for Scotty Barnes. Albert, tell the people where they can find you. Where can you find me? Don't look for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't give me your hate on Twitter, guys. Um, no, you can find me um, at Alberto, T-O-E, Gim, on Twitter. And um, you'll just find me talking about nonsense. So if you're looking for, like, high-quality substance, like, just go to Corey's. Um, I, I tweet about <laughs> nonsense. So... <laughs> Uh, all right come to mine <laughs> find me at <laughs> find me on twitter at the hardwood mag 
<laughs> it's a little easier than I changed the handle up. It's a little easier to remember than uh, Hardwood Herald, where people thought my name was Harold. So at the Hardwood Mag, you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can watch the deep dive scouting videos as well as clips from the Draft Act NBA podcast on the Hardwood Herald YouTube. Um, just dropped Sharif Cooper today. A lot of fun to to, to break that down. Uh, we covered him on a previous episode, so you can watch the Sharif breakdown and then head over to the Draft Act podcast and uh, and listen to that. So you you can really get all the Sharif content you'll ever need from any draft content creators out there. Um, we are covered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got you covered. Uh, we're also doing a, a guest spot tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to dr- end up dropping, but we're going to mm. hang out with the Draft Deeper podcast guys. So shout out to them. We're going to have mm. them on the show as well um, in the coming weeks. So the draft content is going to keep on rolling. Uh, and uh, with that said, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.